All right, it is 4.05. That means, ladies and gentlemen, we are honored to have the Utah State University athletic director with us. But before we introduce him appropriately, there's only one way we can do this. Got it. Yes. Yes. It is. Meatloaf's number one fan. This music video. Ajay, I am so glad to see, you know, that... (laughs) That you over the past few months, months you've gotten some culture to you and joined <laughs> the, the Meatloaf fan club. This music video, Mr. Hartwell, John, I'm sorry, but this, how did you like this music video? It's creepy. See, Ajay, I, I am, I am gonna tell a little bit about my age here, but I'm pre-music video. You know that that was. That was uh, mid-80s, early to mid-80s, the onset of uh, MTV. And, you know, I was 13, 14, 15 years old during that time. So I, I knew Meatloaf long before music videos came came available. It'll it is be... a little creepy, but the music's really, really good. <laughs> it's a classic. It's a classic. There will never, ever be a bigger fan of Meatloaf than this man. He is the director of athletics for Utah State University. Ladies and gentlemen, John Hartwell joins us here on the Full Court Press. John, good afternoon. How in the world are you? Ajay, I'm doing great. You know, I appreciate the intro there. You know, I, I was looking down uh, today's starting lineup, and, and you know, I almost hate to go with the baseball analogy because, you know, obviously Major League Baseball is a little bit – the start, at least, is a little bit up in the air now. But, you know, I look down the lineup you've got uh, between now and the close of the show – I'm just hoping to coax a walk or to you know, <laughs> beat, out, beat out an infield single maybe, but people who've seen my speed before know, know that's highly unlikely. Hey, I better go lean into one. For the, uh, for the walk. And, and then, you know, you got Sam Merrill up next. He, he's, I hope he can hit a gapper, you know, to, <laughs> to right center or left center field so I can make that first to third run without pulling a hamstring. <laughs> and then you've got, you know, you've got Nate Dixon, a.k.a. Uncle Buck, coming in to back cleanup today to talk about the Aggies taking on Colorado State tomorrow night. So I, I'm just privileged to be able to bat lead off today. Well, John, we all know, according to the Utah State women's basketball uh, Twitter account, no one can shoot a corner three better than you. So, I mean, yeah, there is. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you how many takes it took. To that <laughs> shot, so we'll, we'll just leave that one alone. Hey, John, you guys had a chance with the football team to go visit the uh, Spencer Cox, the uh, governor of the state of Utah, to celebrate the Utah State Aggies football season, which ended in a bull win. Uh, can you tell us about that visit and how uh, how cool was that to go see the governor and, and honor the Aggies? Yeah, it really was, and uh, it, it was really neat. Uh, the governor's uh, wife, I guess uh, the politically correct term there would be the first lady of Utah, Abby, uh, worked with Neil Abercrombie, who used to be on our staff here as VP of Governmental Affairs and, and uh, departed for greener pastures about uh, uh, six weeks ago to become the, the right-hand person to the governor, and it was a total surprise to, to Governor Cox, so it was pretty neat. Uh, for him to walk into that room and had, had all of our players and Coach Anderson and a couple of our staff members there, and he was totally blown away because that's not what it showed on his calendar. It had no hint of uh, the Aggies coming to town. So he, he loved it, uh, and it, and it was a great opportunity for for our student-athletes to, to be recognized, to, to get some you know well-deserved recognition. We got to go to uh, – down on the uh, floor of the house uh, 
and, and be represent, you know, be recognized there. Uh, Representative Dan Johnson from here in uh, Cache Valley, uh, you know, recognized us, and then uh, Chris Wilson too. You know, Senator Wilson uh, from here in the Valley also got to spend a little bit of time with us. So it was really a, awesome. a neat opportunity for for the young men in our program. John Hartwell, AD of Utah State. Uh, Mr. Hartwell, speaking of football, obviously a, a home run hire with Coach Anderson. Uh, without giving away the secret sauce, what is the process like for you hiring coaches? Because uh, you've hit on some real good ones recently. No, well, I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, I obviously uh, there are a lot of people out there that, that are really good football coaches. Um, but, but I think, you know, here at Utah State, we, we've got to have – uh, coaches who are, are really good developers of talent. Um, you know, I think we've talked about that before. But we're not just going to have, you know, a plethora of, of five-star uh, student-athletes, regardless of the sport, uh, lined up to, um, you know, to, to come here. We, we may get one every once in a while and, and love that. But uh, the ability to evaluate talent to, to look at student-athletes who, uh, you know, as high school juniors or seniors uh, have the ability to grow into really good players uh, is, is really important. And then I think, you know, the, the fit here in Cache Valley is really important too. Um, you know, I, I come from kind of a roll-up-your-sleeves, go-to-work mentality. You know, don't ask anybody who, who works for you to do anything you're not going to do yourself. Don't be above uh, doing anything. And, and I think that type of work ethic and mentality uh, is, is really important and, and is a, a vital component of, of our coaches being able to be successful here. And, and ultimately, too, uh, and our coaches do a really good job of this as well, uh, people of high character. I mean, I, I want us to have people – you know, that, that we don't have to worry about, uh, uh, you know, reading about them in a negative light in, in the newspaper. And, uh, you know, I, I think uh, hiring people with high levels of character and in turn them recruiting student athlete, athletes with high levels of character is really, really important. Uh, John, I do want to ask you, and I, and I do this respectfully too, because I know the effort that you and your department put into uh, doing your best to keep coaches at Utah State University. And uh, we also understand that as you know, these coaches have great success, there's going to be other universities with really deep pockets that are going to come chasing after these coaches. So my question is, is if you know that a university with a deep pocket could come chase after Coach Anderson at some point, do you already have in kind of a future look ahead of who of other coaches that you would like to see be at Utah State as the head coach, or is that just a point where we'll cross that bridge when we get there? No, I think you've always gotta gotta be cognizant of of the landscape uh, around you throughout the country and and uh, potential uh, candidates, regardless of the sport. And, you know, I, I would love for us to have Coach Anderson stay here, you know, 15 years and, and retire here in Cache Valley. Is that going to happen? Uh, none of us have a crystal ball. But I, I think we would be or I would be negligent as an athletic director if I didn't have, uh, you know, a, a group of people out there who, um, you know, I think have the characteristics that we've talked about, high character, 
you know, kind of a, a blue collar mentality, roll up your sleeves, go to work, um, you know, a, a aggressive recruiter and, and a developer of talent, um, you know, I, that, that's always part of the job to, to keep a list, um, you know, a, as to what if, you know, for whatever reason, uh, we potentially had a coaching vacancy. Athletic Director of Utah State, John Hartwell. Hey, Mr. Hartwell, speaking of football, so of course uh, the football schedule for next year has been released not that long ago. And in this day and age where home and homes have become so important, what was it like scheduling for the program like Utah State to get that schedule and future schedules put together? Yeah, it, you know, it, it continues to be a challenge and maybe even more so a challenge um, when you're when you're very competitive or very good and and you know we've had that challenge here in in men's basketball the past few years and and have it in football now but you've got to you know and and our philosophy from a scheduling standpoint you know we always want to have six home games clearly it's dictated by our Mountain West conference membership you're going to have four home Mountain West games and four away games so so the formula it really boils down to those other four games. We, we always uh, want to play uh, an FCS opponent. Uh, if possible, we've got Weber State coming in here uh, week three uh, this next year. Uh, we, we will normally uh, play a guarantee game where we go on the road. And, and obviously that, that FCS game, we are paying – you know, an opponent to come in here for that. We're, we're not doing home-and-homes with FCS opponents. And likewise, you know, we'll go out there and, and secure uh, one guarantee game, which our trip uh, Labor Day weekend, which for us is week two uh, of the schedule to, to Tuscaloosa, is that game for us. And then uh, the UConn and BYU games, UConn will come to us in week zero, August 27th, and, and we'll return that. Uh, trip to Stores, Connecticut uh, the following year, and then uh, obviously the BYU game. And you know, um, we're we're still working with BYU. It's no secret they're going to, you know, the Big Twelve. They'll they'll go to nine conference games. So, um, you know, we're still uh, I'm still working back and forth with with Tom Homo on uh, on what the future of our series with uh, BYU looks like. And then I, I know I've asked you the last time you were on our show, but I wanted to reconvene on this question. But with Utah men's basketball, of course, the relationship with Craig Smith is still a positive one. Is there any still hope that you guys can be able to schedule even a home-and-home home with the Utah Utes? Yeah, we'll, we'll continue to do to, to pursue that. Um, you know, I, I, I think if it was strictly up to Craig and I, we could get it done tomorrow. Um, uh, I'll, I'll leave that at that. We'll, we'll, We'll continue. Uh, we'll continue to pursue that as well as you know uh, pursue them home and home in football. And you know, people say, "Well, gosh, you know, why wouldn't you just go down there and play a guarantee game?" I, I, it's not. It's not about you know uh, ultimately the financial component of that. We we just don't feel like you know if if we can get home and home series with Washington State or some other Pac-12 schools, and and we're working on that, or get Oregon to come here. Uh, who who is coming here later in the uh, you know in the decade? Why why would we just go down to to Salt Lake City to play a guarantee game? That that's 
that's not the way I want to stop. I love I love hearing you stand up for Utah State University. I love that. Yeah, actually, if I could follow up on that, how important is it for you to to have those games? Ajay and I talked about this uh, in a different broadcast about how we love seeing Utah State play a bunch of the smaller Utah schools in basketball. And, it, you know, in football, I know it's a little bit different with the conferences, but uh, you talking about trying to maintain that work with BYU as they join a power conference. How important is it you to have those, you know, you get to have Weber State up here, you play BYU, you're trying to get something worked out with Utah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's not life or death, certainly, but I, I think it's it's good for, um, you know, football in our state and, and you know, certainly uh, the fan bases for us to do that. Uh, and you guys recall, you know, um, early in my tenure and, and certainly prior to me being here uh, on the FCS rotation, it pretty much used to be, uh, you know, Idaho State, Weber and Southern Utah and just rotated those three around. Well, some other schools came in and, and were offering and continue to offer, you know, larger guarantees to those schools. And I, and I certainly understand, um, you know, their, their desire to, cause you know, we're all trying to balance our budgets, no matter, you know, what that number is. And I understand them doing that, but you know, it, all things being equal, it would be great to, uh, you know, to do that. In fact, I had a conversation yesterday, a phone call from Debbie Corum, you know, my counterpart down at Southern Utah, and we're looking for, you know, some some uh, future games with them as well. USU AD John Hartwell. And on that subject, so expansion, obviously, the topic of conversation in football. As much as you can, what was that like being the athletic director of Utah State and maybe some of the conversations you had in the Mountain West is – they seem to be more rumors than anything, but obviously the the expansion was out there. Boise State, San Diego State came up. What was that like being obviously one of the ADs for the Mountain West? Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting, and, and uh, most of those meetings, or, or all of them, I guess, in that three- or four-month period where it was a very uh, front-burner topic, uh, you know, it's a little hard to read body language via Zoom, uh, and and I really like in person. I'll be glad when we get totally back to in person meetings. Um, but knowing that, uh, you know, you may have had a, a counterpart or two or three or four in that room, really speaking out of both sides of their mouth, and and I think, you know, there were five or six of us in the room, and I and I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus here, but there were five or six of us in the room that were very em- emphatic about, you know, pounding our, our fist on the desk saying, hey, we, we've got a really good thing going here in the Mountain West. You know, football is in great shape. Men's basketball, and, and clearly that's played out this year, is in great shape. Uh, a lot of our Olympic sports are in, in places. And with the, uh, you know, with the weakening, if you will, of the of the Atlantic or the American Athletic Conference with uh, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF departing, you know, the opportunity is there if we stick together uh, for the Mountain West to be the preeminent, uh, you know, group of five conference or, you know, and and we've had very frank discussions uh, amongst our athletic directors and the presidents have been involved uh, with, with the conference office folks about, hey, we need to pound our chest a little bit more with our success. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people 
were turned off by whether it was Mike Oresco, the American Athletic Conference commissioner, referring to them as Power Six, or you know Danny White, uh, you know the the self proclaimed uh, national title for UCF a few years ago. <laughs> but you know what? There there's relevance to those things if you say that enough. And and yes, yeah, some people may say it's over the top, but perception is sometimes reality so so we we put a shoulder to to our league and and to our fellow members to hey we need to pound our shells a little bit more and talk about uh the success levels that that the mountain west conference is having and and i think you'll see a continued effort to do that utah state aggie athletic director john hartwell joins the full court press here uh there was reports, and, and they're starting to, I guess it came out on social media yesterday, of you guys expanding Maverick Stadium. Can you talk about that expansion and how it's coming about and what your guys' ideas and plans are for that? Yeah, I, I'll be happy to address that, and I appreciate you. Uh, you know, that that's one of those cases where the genie's out of the bottle a little bit. And actually, <laughs> those plans, and, and I was not even aware that uh, – no one in athletics was aware that, that those had been – put out there publicly and those are really older plans the 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 immediate component of that um is really more it's not about additional seating yet yes long term we're where you have some plans that that really are different than what what that uh rendition shows but but the immediate things and when i say immediate um in all likelihood starting uh, upon completion of the upcoming season after our last home game, you know, hopefully after the first weekend in December when we host a Mountain West championship game. But uh, yeah. it is, is really going to be more about uh, that um, southeast corner where the, the restroom facility is there and where that, uh, that concourse is or the corridor that gets all gets jammed up. Um, you know, even with moderate crowds, much less with the sold-out house. Uh, but cutting back into the hillside there, totally redoing those restrooms, uh, putting in some new concession areas there. So that's the immediate thing. We do have uh, some other some other uh, renditions, if you will, on the drawing board, but I think they're a little ways down the line. I mean, we, we really – we need to fill what we've got. I mean, yeah, I, I absolutely think from a perception standpoint, we need a facility that has over 30,000 seats, uh, you know, from a, a national perception standpoint. But we've got to do a better job filling up what we've got. And, and you know, uh, a lot of that's back on us. You've got to, you've got to balance the whole ticket pricing thing and, and being totally aware that, you know, a lot of uh, – a lot of the revenue generation from football for us is from those premium seating areas, the uh, the club seats, the the suites, the chairbacks on the uh, on the west side. But we we also recognize and need to maintain affordability, um, you know, because a, a core of our fan base is, is the Cash Valley family of five or six that we don't want to price them out of of being able to bring the family to support us because uh, again that's a very vital part of our fan base mr Harwell, you already talked about expansion i was curious nil was one of the other big things that hit college sports this year how did that change the way your department approached athletics this year in terms of management or working with players and stuff like that 
Yeah, you know, we we have got uh, some student athletes. We've probably got uh, close to 40 now that have what I would call, you know, legitimate NIL deals, and, and those ranging anywhere from, you know, $500 deals to, you know, $15,000 deals. Um, so it, it is certainly something that we will continue to to try to facilitate for our student athletes through educational components, through software. In fact, we're looking, I hope to make a decision next week on on a couple of new things to help facilitate those deals for our student athletes. But, you know, it, our situation is different. And, you know, in in conversations with um, fellow athletic directors around the Mountain West talking to Tom Berman the other day at Wyoming. He said they only have, you know, 10 to 12 student athletes who have deals now. So I, it is, you know, something that we want to continue to grow, uh, but it's also kind of a tightrope because, you know, in the current um, realm or guardrails of NIL, and I say that kind of tongue-in-cheek because the – the NCAA has uh, kind of gone a hands-off approach. You know, Utah is one of the states that does not have any state legislation. There is hope from all of us, I believe, that there's some federal legislation that's coming down at some point. But with November being an election year, um, I I don't see, uh, you know, Congress touching this with a 10-foot pole until after that election. So I think, we're, you know, we're – we're probably 18 months at best from having any kind of federal legislation. But but the original thing that came out said, hey, you really can't have any institutional involvement. Now, clearly, uh, some places have had institutional involvement, so we're kind of walking a tightrope. We want to help facilitate things, but we can't be, uh, when I say we, Utah State Athletics can't be the broker of these deals. But, uh, you know, certainly if we have, businesses or donors who have businesses reach out and say hey you know uh i i want to help i want to get involved um you know we certainly say hey you're you're welcome to to reach out to our student athletes so it's something that will it's here to stay um is is utah state ever going to be at the point that texas a&m is where you know they they get 30 million dollars in the coffers uh for a 25-person recruiting class, you know, you don't have to be a math major to understand that's that's a million dollars per per 18-year-old kid, and and some of that's just you know you shake your head at, or you read the article the other day, uh, which which in one way is very encouraging um, that uh, you know international student athletes are starting. We're starting to see some potential avenues for them to be involved because. Previously, you know, that was an, an avenue that from a, from a visa standpoint and everything else, uh, you know, we were told, hey, internationals can't really be involved in this. But uh, an article came out the other day uh, where a, an international Kentucky men's basketball player, you know, has been able to find some ways to do that. And I read in that same article where there's like five uh, men's basketball players at Kentucky that have uh, Porsches as as part of an NIL deal. Oh my gosh! Driving Porsche, and I'm like, you know that that clearly was not the intention when uh, when when this was developed. But uh, again, we we've got to figure out 
to make sure that we do what we can to help uh, our student athletes have access to these deals. It's probably not going to be, uh, you know, anywhere near that level um, at Utah State. But at the same time, we want to offer all the opportunities that we can to help us from a recruiting standpoint. Mr. Hartwell, final question. As we celebrate senior night, not only for Utah State men's basketball, but for Utah State gymnastics, as you as, as an athletic director who developed these wonderful relationships with these student athletes, do you miss them as much as we're going to miss them, like Justin Bean and Brock Miller? Does it kind of get you in the heart a little bit? Yeah, it does. You know, you 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 develop those relationships. Um, you know, and and what what is you know really um, uh, satisfying to me is is being able to develop those relationships. Obviously, seeing the the personal growth, the the maturity uh, of them over the over the course of their Utah State career the success that they have uh, obviously on the various fields of competition but but utmost in in the classroom and them being able to you know transform that or, or to parlay that in, into a successful career uh, but you know being able to maintain some of those relationships and, and like I said you you got a heavy hitter coming on deck here um, in your interviews and Sam Merrill and you know I still talk to Sam on a pretty regular basis. So being able to continue those relationships, but yeah, uh, you know, clearly uh, uh, there, there's a little, uh, or there's a lot of emotion uh, when you think potentially about the, the last, uh, the last opportunity uh, for these, you know, fine student athletes to, to um, compete in the spectrum or in Maverick stadium or in the Estes center you know, it is a little emotional, but it's also satisfying to see them, you know, the culmination of a lot of hard work and, and the efforts that they put in, the blood, sweat, and tears equity they put into Aggie Athletics and, and all it's meant to us. How much would it mean to you to see the USU herd tomorrow out to celebrate not only Brandon Horvath, but Brock Miller and Justin Bean? Yeah, uh, you know, tomorrow night's a huge opportunity for us. Uh, I told my wife last night, I said, you know, I may have to have a nap after the women's game tomorrow to make sure that, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think that start time uh, has already slid due to TV to 840, and, you know, I wouldn't bet the house against it sliding another five minutes, so so probably an 845 tip. But, yeah, um, and I know ticket sales have been going really well, but, you know, a culmination of a lot of things. Senior night for these guys, uh the, the opportunity for us to to get a win, a quad one win over an outstanding Colorado State team that you know the the story of that game was just like the story of quite a few games we've had this year. Um, we were right there till the very end, just needed to make a play down the stretch. And you know, I I just think uh, you know odds are in the favor of of the Aggies because we've had so many go down the stretch and and just hadn't had a play. And it's not that we hadn't had good plays, good shots, opportunities. We just hadn't made it happen. And I think tomorrow night is is that opportunity. And again, uh, what a uh, what a springboard that would provide us uh, to go to San Jose State a week from today, play our final regular season game, and then on to the to the Mountain West tournament, which is going to be an absolute. It, if if you didn't have a vested interest in a team, if you were just a 
basketball junkie, man, I, I can't think of a better tournament to go to this year than the Mountain West tournament because you've got eight, nine teams that could get hot and make a run and, and be cutting down the nets uh, two weeks from tomorrow in Las Vegas. We hope Utah State's one of those teams. John, thank you so much for your time. We know we took more than you asked for, but you've been so gracious and so kind with it. We appreciate everything you do for Utah State Athletics, and we'll see you tomorrow night. Guys, I had to wait till I could coax ball four to make it to first base. <laughs> now I just hope Sam can hit it in the gap so I can get to third base. <laughs> Thanks, Sam, we'll take care of it from there. Thank you, John. Take care, guys. All, All right. right.